Thanksgiving, but I um, read in the Word this in my devotions this week in Psalm 91, 95, 1, and it says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. So I remember at home, we used to go around the house, and my mom always prayed, you know, she prayed and she prayed in the evening, she prayed in the morning. My brother and I were uh, always a victim of her prayers, a good victim of her prayers, and my mom used to read the Psalms to me when I could hardly understand the Word of God, and my brother used to just run around the house and just give out a yell, you know, of something, of something, and I just think on that a lot today as, as they're gone and as we've gone through this season you know you think about your loved ones and uh, I, I looked at this scripture and I thought a joyful noise doesn't even have to be anything specific just give a joyful noise unto the Lord so as we meditate and view this past year uh, let us find moments of joy and somebody might say well what joy was there in last year but uh, I, I tell you, if we take a, a time to meditate upon this, the Lord will reveal to us moments last year that, that he was with us and we, he will cause us to see that there was times of rejoicing and probably we were much too busy to uh, take care of the business of the day that we didn't see that there was things to, to rejoice about. So my prayer for us as a church in this new year is that we reflect upon the goodness of God that we don't see uh, I mean we see the corruption but we don't reflect upon it we don't reflect upon the things that seem to bring fear or reflect upon the sickness or reflect upon all the negative things that's going on in our world but that we reflect the goodness of God that he has given us life He's given us the things that he's given to us, and we are a blessed people. So I want us to make this year a year of thanksgiving. Every time you want to say that you don't like something, like I'm so I'm upset about my car, and I say, oh, I hate this car. And then the next thing, I, I'm prompted and nudged and convicted to say, oh, God, thank you for this car. You know, and that's what I believe that God wants to do in this year is he wants to turn around our thinking so that we give thanks rather than feel bad about what's going on. Now, I'm going to have to move this because I can't see the saints over here. I got it. I want to see the saints. I want I love it when they nod at me. Now I got a full spectrum. I think I'll, next Sunday there'll just be X's, red, yellow X's there and yellow X's there. And, and I'll get everybody right here so I, I can see you. But no, we like our pews, don't we? We like where we sit. It's good for us and comfortable. And we ought to be happy in the house of God. So bless you. Uh, but anyhow, I want to talk about Psalms of Thanksgiving. I'm talking to the choir. I know it. But I want you to rise up and have a fresh thought process about the Psalms of God and the thankfulness that God wants us to have in our life. The Psalms are filled with the goodness of God. You know, as we read through them, we have to remember that many of these Psalms was written by David, and he's writing these Psalms while he's running for his life. 
while he's in danger, while there's all the uh, things that's going on. His government was corrupt too, and uh, he he's in dire uh, difficulties. And God had sent the prophet, anointed him, and then the prophet told him thus and so was going to be happen in his life. He was going to be king, you know. And we we have our ideas on who we want to be leaders. But, you know, God is the one who is the leader. And so David, you know, was anointed and the prophet said, you're going to be king. And yet, you know, he finds himself running for his life. And in that season of time, he brings out the Psalms uh, unto the Lord. And the Psalms are songs. They're sang. So really, I want to encourage you just, you know, to open up the Psalms this year Read through them. Try to sing. Put a tune to them. You know, my mom did, could not sing. At, it couldn't hold a tune in a basket. But any other time that, you know, she had her Bible open and she was worshiping and she taught the little kids, you know, and she would sing with them. There was always a song in her spirit. And that 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 nudges me because uh, if you don't have a singing voice, like our loved ones do here, you can still sing and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So it says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So that's my that's my uh, statement for the year. I want us to make a joyful noise, to go throughout our house, just rip out your voice and give the Lord a praise. You know, uh, get out the Psalms, sing the Psalms, and when you get to the sixth verse and there's no more verses, make your own verse and sing it unto the Lord. God loves thanksgiving. You know, that's what he doesn't get enough of today. That's what is hap- one of the things that's happening in our Christian society today. The enemy is robbing us of our joy. He's robbing us of our song. He's robbing us of just being happy in God. So I want to I want to want you to make a new commitment for the new year that that you'll look for the goodness of God in everything and remember that that as you if as you give thanks you are are blessing the heart of God. Out of David's persecuted life, he had worship and adoration for God and I believe that perhaps there is going to be hard times and in those hard times is the opportunities for us to have songs of thanksgiving. As we read in the Word of God, Psalm 1, I think probably everyone here can quote it. But we know that we are the sheep that he's talking about. And we are asked to enter into his gates, how? With thanksgiving and praise. He asks us to be thankful unto him and bless his name. This is what the Lord wants from us. You know, uh, we had a glorious Sunday school lesson today, and the rich young ruler came to the Lord, and he said, I've done all these things, you know, all the things that was required. He says, what can I do to please you more? You know, and the Lord said to him, you know, you have to follow me. You have to give up those things that are dear to you and follow me. And so as we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, It says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. I know that you know that, but let's just ask the Lord to refresh that in our spirit, that as we see the signs of the time and as we see the things that upset us and we see uh, untruths in the earth, 
let us just remember to see the goodness of God because his goodness outweighs the wickedness that is in our world today. So as we welcome the power of the Holy Ghost and the word of God and we reflect upon it, the scripture says, it teaches us that he wants some, He wants a voice and he wants loudness and he wants, he would, if it's just a noise, he wants some praise to give him glory. And I believe that as we do that, Psalm 6930 says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Well, what does it mean to magnify? We're going to magnify the Lord. Well, we are going to glorify him. We're going to accentuate in an audible expression, in an audible way, how much we love him. You know, if we don't tell our children we love them, if we don't tell our family we love them, if we don't express love to our mates, you know, where does that relationship go? Where is our relationship with God? Are we in tune with him? Are we communicating with him? Are we bringing pleasure to his heart? God's just like us. He likes to have know that we love him and that we worship him and his goodness is everlasting. So I want to I want to say to the church this morning that he wants us to magnify. I mean, you know, when we say, "Oh, thank you Jesus," that's not too magnetic. I don't even know if that's a word, but anyhow, that's not too magnified. You know, he wants us to magnify him, to glorify him, to be open with him. Because when we do that, there's a spirit and a countenance of his presence that's on us that will touch other people. And they'll wonder, why are we so happy in this day when everything is going wrong and they just think we're idiots? You know, if we can be so full of the joy of the Lord that we're labeled strange, then we have done our job in being a Christian. And if there's ever a day that the world needs to see the light of Christ, it's this day. And the only way that we can have light is if we worship him, if we're in tune with him, if we communicate with him, if we sing his praises and multiply our praise unto him. Psalm 98.4 says, make a joyful noise. Now, I just read to you Psalm 95.1. This is 95.4, 98.4, and he's saying it again. You'll find that joyful noise is relevant in Scripture. He says, "Let make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. I love this part. Make a loud noise. Now, you know, we can be loud if we're mad. I don't know. Maybe you can't, but, you know. I get to talking about something and my voice goes from here to a high pitch, you know, because, you know, when you when you get stressed or when you, yeah, yeah, we magnify what's wrong instead of magnifying what's right. So I want to encourage you to, in this, uh, in this uh, new year, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. Now, when we can raise our voice when we're angry how much more can we raise our voice in adoration unto god when we magnify him we increase our love for him such increase you know causes hope to rise in our heart you know that's one thing the enemy is wanting to rob from us not only our joy but our hope and our very existence because as we look out and we see things we think oh everything is bleak but nothing is bleak because everything is in the hands of God and even our life and we have family members that 
don't serve the Lord, you know, we instead of being concerned and worrying about him, we need to just pray and thank God that he's with them. Thank God that he takes care of them. Thank God that he's going to reveal himself to them. And, and that's what we have to have is a thankful spirit. Now, um, I want us to be increased in hope this year. And when we, when, when hope is increased, you know, praise is magnified, then, uh, you know, we have strength against the enemy. No weapon that's formed against us can prosper in the midst of our worship. It can prosper if we're in the mully grubs and we're just worried and fretting and stewing and upset about things that we see in our earth and things that we see in our family. That doesn't get no glory. That brings no praise to God. But when we look out at our family, we see these members that serve the Lord. We see these members that don't serve the Lord. Then we begin to bless the Lord, magnify the Lord, give thanks that those members who don't serve him are still alive and well and that there's still opportunity in their life to come to Christ, still opportunity to change. The enemy wants us to see it's never going to change. How many have ever thought that when you've looked out at some situation or problem, you go, it's never going to change. Well, it never will change if that is our spirit. But if we say, God, I thank you that you will bring change. I thank you, God, that you will move in their lives. I thank you, God, that you kept them alive to this very moment that they can serve you and know you. So I want to say to the church this morning that we need peace. We need the peace of God that passes all understanding. If there's ever a day that the church of Jesus Christ needs to have peace, it is this day. And the peace is not in the world. The peace is not in the monies that the world has. It's not in the leadership, any leadership of the world. It is in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And we as Christians and believers, we need to set put that in our spirit and that when we see those things and we begin to have a little bit of stress about them that we say God I thank you that I'm called to another kingdom and that kingdom is true and that kingdom is holy and that kingdom you know is where I'm going that's my path is to the kingdom of heaven the eternal destination that you have for us when we stop in the midst of fear and begin to worship We change the atmosphere around us. We change the atmosphere of our heart. We change the atmosphere of the Spirit of God that lives within us. We release it. You know, when we are in stress and anxiety, and I've been there, when we're in those things, we harness the power and the presence of God. We just keep it at bay because we're always in a negative attitude. But when we release the spirit of thanksgiving, against the powers of darkness when we release our love for God and our adoration for God then he comes upon us in a peaceful way and he gives us that peace that nobody understands you know we we can stand at the at the casket of a loved one and we can stand there with you know peace and people look as they wonder why why we're just you know so so happy and it's because there's a peace that passes the understanding the word of God Uh, tells us that he would do anything for us if we would have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. If there's ever a day in our history that we need to have an open ear to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, it is this day because God is speaking and he's nudging us and we're not hearing. And he says, I'll do these things if you hearken. If You know, when when he comes upon us and says, call somebody, pray for somebody, do this, give this, 
if we just would respond the the goodness and the power of God would just overwhelm us you know but I'm sorry to say that there is a Christianity that's just caught up in the fear and the anxiety of the day and and the questions and all these things that are going on and the enemy is robbing the body of Christ of the power of his presence that lives in us we are well able to overcome the fears and the anxieties of this day because God lives in us I love the scripture in Hebrews 13 20 now the peace of now the God of peace that brought again the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting uh, covenant. He will keep us, he'll keep our hearts in peace. And there is an understanding that nobody can understand that belongs to the Christian. The peace of God's understanding belongs to us. It doesn't belong to the world. And we have so much more than the world has to offer if we would just stop in the midst of this season of our world being so fearful. You know, because if we worship him, fear is swallowed up in the admonition of his holiness. He is holy. His holiness is more powerful than the works of darkness. And the enemy is testing and tempting and trying the body of Christ like never before. And I tell you of a, of a of a truth that we need the psalms of thanksgiving to fill our heart and soul that we our communication with him will be daily in revelation 14 7 and this is what our spirit needs to respond to it, it says fear god you know if there's any fear in our heart it needs to be for the holiness of god and what does god expect of us and how can we worship him? And how can we honor him? It says, you know, there, it says, fear God and give glory to God. It's hard to give glory when everything is going wrong. It's hard to give glory when your expectations are not met. I don't know about you, but I, I got expectations. And when those expectations are not met, how do I respond? How do we respond? We respond with the power and the goodness of God. We say, okay, God, it's in your hands. You know, in all of this, we've said it is in your hands, God. You you are in control. And then when we don't see him in control or we don't see his power moving like we expected, you know, the enemy comes in and, and nudges us to have fear and anxiety. But church, we are the children of the living God. We are the sheep of his pasture. And he is our God and we have an everlasting blood covenant that protects us and covers us. And whatever happens to us, eternal life is our portion. The peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. When we, when we meditate upon him, God wants us to meditate upon what's true, what's honest, what's just. He wants us to meditate upon the lovely things of life. He wants us to meditate upon things of good report. That's what he wants us to meditate upon. And it says, if there be any praise, think on these things. So when we begin to look out and see the corruption in our land and to see the wickedness and the brokenness of God's commandments and we begin to see those things, 
then we need to lift up our heads because we know that our redemption draws nigh. Our redemption is not in this earth. It's not in the leadership of this earth. It's not in the things of this earth. It's not in the monies. Jesus said to the rich man, give it away. Follow me. That's striking, isn't it? If you were rich and you felt in your spirit, the Holy Spirit said to you, give it all away and follow me. I mean, think on that, church. There are things that he's speaking to the body of Christ to give up and get away from and follow him. You know, we cannot follow the things of this earth. We cannot follow those things. And we have to think on the things that's true and honest. Church, we know that there's lies in our earth. We know the deception is there. I'm not blaming any one person. I'm just saying that the works of darkness is there and deception is there and untruth is there. And God is saying to us, if you want peace, think on these things. Think on what's lovely. Think on what's good. And we have to stop ourselves. We have to turn the TV off. Because we can't think on lovely things when the TV is going. And we can't think on things that are honest and just. Because, first of all, we don't know those things that are honest and just in our world. We don't know what it is that God is working for our glory in this world. And so in thinking of that last year, we think of the COVID We think of those things, but no, we should think of the goodness of God. We're here in his house. We're in our right mind. We have the ability to worship freely, and the goodness of God is what keeps us. And God does little good things all the time. This is what we did. We put together a puzzle. Does anybody else do puzzles? We put together a puzzle. We do this often. And we got all done. This is the truth, so help me, Jesus. There was a piece gone. Right? And that's what always happens. And that's what always you get a little fearful as you come to the land. You look and you say, there must be more than that. You know, There was a, a piece missing. Now, Toy has a gift, and she has a machine, and she takes a picture, and she tries to go and make that piece to fit in that puzzle so she can take a picture of it. You know, we, we don't keep the puzzles. We just keep pictures. So she takes out three or four or five pieces, I don't know how many, that has the colors and everything, and she takes it to her little machine, and she's trying to work out the colors, and she's she's drawn around the hole. She's done everything that she can to make this piece. This is the truth. So she goes once more to the puzzle to be for sure that she has everything right. And guess what happens? The puzzle is done. The picture, the piece of puzzle is there. Not the one she made. The puzzle that was missing. We stood there and we said, was this a revelation of God? I mean, when God does something special, we, we even question that. And I, so I gave her all the reasons why that couldn't have happened. And she said, I put the puzzle back together and the piece was there. See, God does little dinky things that we don't even recognize. I don't know that God stood over that puzzle and put that piece there. But he sure made us believe it. And we're so, so grateful. And God does, he puts the pieces 
of our life together. And sometimes in our life there is a piece missing. Everyone has suffered a piece missing, you know, something missing in our life. But if we would just be still and listen to God and wait upon him and fill ourselves with thanksgiving and fill ourselves with his word, we can go back and see that he has a a reason for that and he's filled that gap. And lo and behold, there's a gap over here. And we have to wait and pray and seek him. But, you know, just as he did that physical thing in Toy's house, he can do that in our spirit. And he can fill in the gaps. He can fill in the places that were hurt. He can fill in the places where you wonder, can God ever forgive me? But he can fill them in and he can make us whole. He made that puzzle whole. And I said, there has to be a message in that. And the message is, is that whatever is not whole in your life today, he can fix it. He can make it whole. If we just fear him, if we give him glory, if we worship him. In that a scripture of Revelation 14, it says, Fear God, give glory to him, worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the foundations of the waters. Do you ever just think about that? How mighty is our God? We have these little insignificant things going on in our life. They're not little, but, you know, when it's the devil's work, they're they're little and they're just just dormant. We can make them dormant with the power of the Holy Spirit. And But think about the mountains. Think about the, the rivers. Think about the sun, the moon, the stars. Think about those things that God created. And guess what? They're still in motion. They're still in motion. You know what? We are never going to be out of motion. We're just going to move from this motion to the kingdom motion. And then we're going to be servants in the kingdom. We're always going to be in motion. That's why we need to know that we are the servants of the living God. And this is a season to step up our servitude. There's a sacrifice of worship and praise. And God is speaking to the body of Christ at large to step up their pace, to step up for the kingdom, to step up and be counted worthy in this hour to let your light so shine that men might see the glory of God in you. Once these thoughts of honest and pure and lovely and good report begin to fill our hearts and our minds, we will break forth in praise and and we'll break forth in, in psalms and songs of thanksgiving you know, and they'll flood our soul and we we will have a hope of eternal destination. This is not the end. We have a hope of eternal destination. Second Corinthians nine eleven, the Psalms come to the New Testament, and God the Bible says there that God has enriched us bountifully. Can you just think over your life this last year? What did God do bountifully? For you you know how did he move in your life in a bountiful way did, did he minister his strength to you did he minister resources to you did he keep you well did he heal you what what did he do bountifully for you that you want to serve him that you want to come to his house that you want to do something for him because he was so bountifully graceful to you 
Now, if we're honest, church, we don't always think about the bountiness of God to us because the enemy is at work. He knows his time is at hand, and he's working against the body of Christ so hard. We find that in the office because we're working with the Word of God all the time. We have conflict in our computers. We have conflict in everything that we do. We order things and they come wrong. All sorts of things. The conflict because the enemy hates the word of God. But that is our only strength. It's the sword that keeps us in the things of God. I feel like I'm a cheerleader today. You know, but I had I have to cheer myself also. But let us be cheered on for this new year. We're going to see other ugly things this year. But we're going to see that the goodness of God stands. The mountains are not going to fall. The stars are not going to fall. The sun's not going to stop shining. You know, the rain's not going to keep from coming. God, everything that God has established in the heavens and the earth is still intact. And so it is in the Christian's life. Our salvation is still alive and well. The power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is still abundant and we are still enriched with it if we just recognize it. We have to recognize it. The more the enemy fights us, the more we need to rejoice, the more we need to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit, the more we need to see God in those things that are coming against us. So the Bible says there in 2 Corinthians 9, our God has enriched us bountifully. You know, and if we feel that, we should break forth in thanksgiving unto God and glorify his name. Psalm 33, 3 says, sing unto him a new song. You know, play skillfully with a loud noise. I love our musicians. I love the music in this house. You know, thank God we got 13 people, and out of that we got three or four musicians every church would want to have. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise, for the word of the Lord is right, and his works are done in truth. The only truth that there is, I'm telling you this, church, the only truth that we have is in Christ. The only truth that we have is in his word. The Bible says, fifth verse there, he loveth righteousness and judgment. Listen to this. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He, he layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. No matter the works of darkness, nothing is going to dispel the works of God. You know, all we have to do is look around and see the works of God that are still standing. And God's works has been so good to us, church. You know, we are still financially okay. We've still worshiped. We've been low in, low in number, but we have not been low in the power and the presence of God. And he is still in this place. I think of, 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 of uh, Gary's pastor, you know, dying. 
and I think about how that how that had to affect that huge, huge church. You know, there's such a work of darkness in the earth. I don't call that necessarily darkness because he's rejoicing in heaven. But the devil wants to hurt that church. And I thank God that we have been able to stand strong and our musicians are here, you know, and we're still singing the praises of God. Do you see what the word of God says? It says he made the heavens and the earth and the earth is full of the goodness of God. And it says everything that he commanded, it stood fast. So when he commands goodness to your life, it's going to stand fast. When he commands toward your life, his power and his presence and the anointing that we have in the Holy Spirit, it's going to stand fast. The only way that all that can leak out of us is when we don't communicate, when we don't glorify him, when we don't give thanks. We don't recognize that he is full of riches towards us and his salvation is still standing. I know we we, we know that sometimes people give us things and they, and they don't last. Our cars don't last, you know. Those kinds of things don't last, but God lasts. Everything that he created is still standing many years past. It seems like God likes noise. You know, in Psalm 150, he says, praise him upon the loud cymbals. You know, he says, praise him on the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord with the voice of a psalm. We even hear that at night, the hoot owl. I don't know where that thing is, but I'd like to shoot it. And it just, I'm laying there, I'm trying to sleep, and, and it's far away. It's far away, and there's a little hoo, 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 hoo. He created them, they're going to be there. You know, whatever he has done, it stands. Church, and whatever he's done spiritually for the body of Christ, stands. For just a moment this morning, before we close, I want to come to Jeremiah, the 30th chapter and 19th verse. And I believe that whatever is in the Old Testament was written there for the Israelites. The Israelites failed, and God has made a new covenant with us. And when we receive that new covenant, Christ comes into us. So whatever is written for the Israel is written for us. And I want to take this script this morning and put it in your spirit. It says, out of them, out of the Jewish nation, there shall proceed thanksgiving and a voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. Think about what God did for them when they were in bondage. He multiplied them until they became victorious. And it says, I will also glorify them that, that they be not small. Their children also shall be as aforetime, and their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish punish all that oppress them. God wants to punish those that oppress his word. I think that's so powerful. He wants us to have a voice of thanksgiving. He wants us to be merry, to be joyful, to be happy, because the Jewish Christ lives in us. 
He says, I will multiply them. And I said, okay, Lord, I need you to multiply those pews that sit in front of me where there's nobody there. Isn't that so fleshly? That's just the way we are. As soon as I saw that multiply, I said, I want that. You know, but what he wants to do is multiply our spirit, that we can hear his voice, that we'll respond to his voice, and that we'll trust his voice, and that we'll have the peace that his voice brings to us. The Bible says, Lord, I have David in verse 8 of Psalm something, I don't know. I have loved the habitation of thy house, the place where thine honor dwelleth. And I felt that today when I came into his house. I felt that when we sang, we are few in number, but we are powerful in spirit because the spirit lives in us. And as I look around this congregation today, I counted 12. There might be 13 or 14 because I might have missed somebody. But that's that's the presence of God. There's 14 entities of the presence of God in this house. And it says you can put one or two, can put them to flight. See, so we can do, we can be small in number and we can be powerful for the kingdom of God. Right where we live, we can be that witness, that enricher of God's grace and mercy in our own home. So we started out this morning, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. And sometimes we have to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. But as we rejoice and as we praise him, there's a peace that comes that's unexplainable. We go through a trial or tribulation. We lose a, a, a paycheck. Something happens to us that is just devastating. But then we begin to worship him. We begin to honor him. We begin to give him praise. I'm trying to do that with my Hannah. Every time I think about my Hannah, I say, God, she's your creation. I worship you. I honor you. I just call forth for your angels to follow her. You know, get like a dog on her track and bring her back to you. Instead of saying, oh, it's going to happen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, I just start praying and praising and thanking God. And we need to do that because I think everyone has family members that they're concerned about, and we just call them by name and ask for God to just get after them and, and follow them. And then you, then you then they'll call you, and they're miserable as all get out. Well, that's because God is after them. And I tell them that. I say, God is after them. Luke 19, 37, 38. When Jesus came down from the Mount of Olives, everybody knows the story. We'll be celebrating resurrection very soon. They worshipped him. They, they threw their coats before him. They waved the palms. They shouted Hosanna to the king. Everything they did was right except their heart because their heart didn't have any depth. And God is speaking today to those that will have a depth in their heart for God. They worshiped. They made all the sounds. It was a glorious moment. Hosanna, Hosanna to the King. And I feel like maybe there's a spirit in Christianity today like that. We, we love God. I, I, watch, I, I watch all religious things on TV. And they dance and they shout and they whoop about. 
and they do all sorts of things, and I always am concerned, Lord, let it be from the depth of their heart. Because I don't understand our young people today. I love them, but I don't understand them. I try to understand them. I ask God to give me peace with them and pray with them. And, and, you know, then I pray and I say, oh, God, make him like this or that, you know. But, no, God wants to do what he wants to do his, in, in his own way in our young people. But there is a spirit in Christianity today that has lip service and little heart service. And so uh, it, God wants us to praise him. He doesn't want us to be like those that came down from the Mount of Olives on on the day that Jesus rode into town. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth in all situations, in every crisis. He wants us to be a living testimony daily for the power of his grace. So I want to challenge you this morning. Is everybody still awake and with me? I want to give you a challenge. I want to challenge you to read the Psalms. And, you know, I know that a lot of you are reading through the Bible, and so that's great. But I, I just, do, just do your devotions in Psalms for a while and just see the power and the glory and the worship that's there. See the heartache. There's heartache there. David cried out, oh, I'm in a horrible pit. But when I remembered that, I got myself out of it. You know, just read the Psalms and just as you read them, have a heart of thanksgiving because even even like you get to Psalm 22, you'll see you'll see the Psalm of the Messiah. I mean, it's written there. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It, it's prophetic that God, it was spoken in the Psalms and Jesus, when he was on the cross, he spoke the Psalm. And so I want to challenge you to do that, to read it. Uh, to read it, even see the sufferings there as well as the worship. Uh, Hebrews 12 says, you know this, that Jesus spoke with joy on the way to the cross. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured. So sometimes when we have a difficulty, we have to endure with joy. And, And that's what the enemy wants to do. He sends these things to rob us of our joy. When our joy is gone, our relationship is diminished, and it's not as deep as God wants that. But God wants us, as his believers, to have a depth in our heart, more than the lip service, but heart service. So the Psalms will help us to look unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and guess what? He was rewarded to sit down at the right hand of his Father in heaven. So it's it's before us, Lord, that you have asked us to do this. And I just pray that, you know, I'm thinking that if we as a church would all gather in the Psalms once in the week, that it would bring a great spirit of rejoicing even into the church and into our home, you know. And I, I, I challenge you to do that. The challenge before us is to enter into the new year to here's the challenge despise the corruption endure the power and the strength of the holy spirit and endure joy and peace and faith and thanksgiving and feast on the songs of thanksgiving feast on the psalms this is what i feel that god is speaking to me and i just want to share it with you that it will help us to grow 
even in this season when our world seems so bleak and when we don't understand what's going on in our world. And the things that have happened in this past week, all of the stuff that's gone on, it probably isn't going to cease. There's still going to be difficulties and trials. But God is more powerful than that. And he made the heavens. He made the earth. He made the rivers, the stars, the moon, the rain. He made all that, and it's still working. So his salvation is still working, and we must trust him and have a peace that passes all understanding. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we do feel joy in your house. We do feel your presence in this habitation. And God, I pray that you'll just breathe into us songs of thanksgiving. That, Lord, when the enemy comes against us with negative things, that we will just remember this is my opportunity to give thanks and to rejoice because you are a good God. Everything you have made is still established and you are for me and no weapon that's formed against me will prosper. We thank you for the offering this morning. God, we are so grateful that you kept our house uh, open. God, we're so grateful that you kept the finances to run your house. And we just give you praise and glory and thanksgiving. Lord, we give you thanks for another year to serve you. We give you thanks, Lord, that you are our God and our salvation is sure. We ask that you would just bless the offering, the tithes today. In Jesus' name we ask it. And everybody said, Amen.